Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Uh, We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you have decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. So, Pastor Stephen, today we're discussing your sermon uh, titled God's Glory and Grace out of Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 31. Um, And you you make this statement at the very beginning of your sermon talking about how the first half of this chapter is talking about this fierce nature or the fierce character of God, how he... He's the God of justice. He's the God of wrath. He's the God who punishes. But then this week, we kind of make this turn talking about things like redemption, faith, justification, righteousness, and forgiveness. And your first point uh, for the sermon is God's glory is not based on our performance. And you talked about a little bit how we have a faulty view of Christianity um, because, again, you know, God's glory is not based on our performance. But then you ask this question uh, in your sermon. You ask the question, why can you and I not earn his glory? So can you expound on that? Why can me and you not earn God's glory? Uh, I mean, clearly uh, he answers it in verse 23 because we've we've all fallen short of the glory of God. I think glory gets lost on us. Uh, as far as the meaning, and we, we talked about that just a little bit because we, we think of glory is something that, that we, we give to God, but it's not something that God in turn uh, give, gives to us. And uh, we're always, hey, you know, I want God to get glory. I want God to get glory. Well, 100%, absolutely. Yeah, if you, if you don't want God to get glory through your life, then you're, uh, well, something's desperately wrong. Uh, but yet in turn, Paul's trying to make the comment that, hey, God as well loves to put you in his spotlight, in his limelight. And uh, you could even make the argument he receives glory by giving us glory. Uh, And so why do we not attain that? Again, all of us fall short of that standard, which is absolute perfection. And since we're all sinners and Romans 3.23 just drives home, uh, what he has been saying for the first two and a half chapters, uh, there's no way, there's no way at all. Try as hard as we may, the best, the best that we even know when it comes to uh, living morality or, or lifestyle, whatever it may be, we may be the best that we even know, but yet we still would fall short of what God's standard is, which is perfection. So, so since I since I fall short, um, he goes ahead and makes the comment. You can't brag about yourself, not when it comes to anything spiritually in nature. Uh, he he, he kind of talked about that at the beginning of uh, chapter three, uh, when he says, hey, listen, there is nothing good that comes from anyone. Uh, no one's good. No, no, not one. And we discussed this a little bit last week when we were talking about, well, um, for instance, total depravity. Right. And uh, can anybody accomplish good? Well, that would all depend on what's your definition of good. Well, in the, in the comparison game, too, you mentioned sure. that last weekend, this week, that we're comparing ourselves to other people. We compare our sin to other people saying, well, it's not that bad, but, you know, we, we can't do that. Like, 
Yeah, the only the only real comparison that we can try to make when it comes to spiritual nature and eternal things is Jesus himself. And uh, now, naturally, I, I'm not going to want to compare myself to someone that uh, that that I'm going to fall short. Right. And and we know that's just that uh, deceptive mind game uh, that Satan loves to uh, pull us into. Uh, to where we sit there and we lose sight of where the target and standard is. So, so you know, if I have a, if I let's say let's say I have a neighbor on one side of me that is just this awesome, unbelievably compassionate, gracious, merciful, uh, just lives every day for others, and on the other side of me I have a neighbor that is a. Uh, he is a hellion. He is a drunk. He uh, he curses my dog, and the kids are afraid to walk in front of his house, and uh, just all this. What, who am I going to compare myself to? Absolutely, the one that the one that is uh, deplorable, if you will, um, the one that is uh, well is a sinner. But Paul's making the case: we're we're all in that dude's court. Um, we we're we're all a part of that club. Uh, none of us do good. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short, whether it's falling a little bit short or a lot short. We're we're all short. And so um, that's the reason why uh, we can't perform in such a way where God will say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put my limelight of approval on you, uh, the spotlight of my acceptance uh, I'm going to I'm going to put glory on you because of what you've done. And he says, no, I'll put, you know, I'll bring glory into your life because of what you've received, uh, which, which we know is salvation through faith and faith alone. And that's how God gets the greatest glory by taking somebody like us, no good from us, all falling short, sinners by nature, sinners by choice. And him saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to forgive you. Uh, I'm going to cleanse you. And uh, I'm going to make in you a, a, a new creation. What, what, other, what other deed or action could bring greater glory? Um, and again, that's looking at it from our side. Right. I mean, God, we should give God glory just because God's God and he deserves glory. Right. He's worthy of glory if he didn't save a single one of us. Right. Uh, that's the reason why sometimes I struggle with some of these worship songs to where we're like, you know, I'm praising you, God, because of what you've done. Uh, okay. I mean, I get that. I, I understand that. But it's a catchy tune. It is a catchy tune, man. Sometimes mate, you'll sing it over and over, not even wanting to sing it over and over. And, uh, you know, I'm not knocking the song as much as, and I would say, I would say from our human perspective and our human mindset, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to praise you, God, because look, look at what you've done. You know, the gospel, salvation, uh, all those things, mercy. But he's worthy of our praise because he is God, period. Right. If, uh, and, I, and I say this all the time, if, if, if he never did another thing for us, he, he is still worthy mm. of our praise and glory. Uh, and that's a hard thing for, for all of us right. to to try to grasp because naturally we we want to we want to look at outcome we want to look at action and so that spills over Ryan into our own lives 
So I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to give God glory because look at what God has done. Okay, God's going to give me glory because he's saying, look at what I've done. And he's like, no, 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 I'll give you glory in spite of what you've done. Uh, It's what I've done Mm. in your life. Uh, So anyway, thoroughly made that confusing. No, no, no. Like, and clearly, this is a a gospel message. Like, if we go through everything that you talked about on your on your sermon on Sunday, it's a gospel message. And then your next point, kind of shifting to the fact that God's grace, because of who He is, because of what He's done, because of how He works, His grace is a free gift. And and you mentioned the the human mindset, and it's it's hard for us to accept a free gift. We always think that there's something attached. Like there there are strings attached to anything that somebody gives us. We we have a hard time grasping the fact that things are free. We have a hard time grasping the fact that there are no strings attached because of our human mindset. Because everything in life, there's something always attached. Um, nothing is ever completely free. Something someone or something expects something from us. So it's hard, it's hard to grab this free concept, but God's grace is a free gift. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly that's the definition of grace, right. uh, uh, unmerited favor. But the, I want to go back to uh, kind of the first comment that you made. Okay. Uh, this is a gospel message. I, I would say that if you are in any church uh, if you're you know, listening to anyone who is speaking on behalf of God and the Bible, and if they, are, if they are conveying and proclaiming any message that is not a gospel message, True. then you need to get your theology and doctrine somewhere else. Mm. Uh, because we, we draw this point out over and over again, especially uh, through our church, and we're not the only ones who have the corner market on it. This is just this is just what I know, live and breathe. So, right. uh, everything everything goes back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, can you imagine dealing with this and then saying, "Oh, by the way, uh, you have no hope. Mm. You're dirty. You're rotten. Uh, no one is good. All have fallen short." Just want to make sure you knew that. So. Go to Burger King today or wherever you like to eat and enjoy your lunch. And that'd be horrible. Uh, but yeah, uh, kind of be answering the question that you asked, though, is we do. We, we, we are always leery of any freebie because there is no such thing as a freebie. Right. Uh, there's always something attached to that in the world that we live in. And, uh, and can I say as well, I think. I think there's also selfishness on our behalf because we want to ascribe more value to ourselves when it comes to the salvation story than we deserve. Uh, I I heard an old preacher say it this way, and I I really can't say anything (laughs) more profound than this when it comes to our part in the gospel. He's like, God, God's the one who did the saving I'm the one who did the sinning. Right. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So so when we put much more value on our part in this whole gospel story in our lives, 
then that's why we're like, okay, uh, yeah, I get the whole grace thing. I get the whole unmerited favor thing, but it's grace and right how how well I live. It's grace and how good of a church member I am. It's grace and, I mean, we could continue all day to add different things to that. Well, well no, no, the, the very definition of grace is it is grace. Right. Period. Uh, period. So, um, yeah, I think that's hard for us uh, because just like everybody, uh, why, would God, why would God do this for me? Well, the reason why God would do that for you is not because of who you are. It's about his character. It's about his nature. And if we understood that and wrapped our brain around that, that there, that's a freeing, beautiful, perfect thought of the the goodness of God. Like I, it would change drastically how we view other people. It would change how we view uh, scripture. It would change how we live our daily life in in the sanctification process of growing in our faith. 100% would change the way that we view other people and it would change our uh, our evangelism. Wow. Because now all of a sudden we're not making those armchair quarterback decisions based on who we would say he can save uh as much as man there's there, there's there's not a single one out there that he can't forgive mm. and redeem and set free. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what they've done. And, and I would say as well, it would probably even change the way. And, and I know this is, this is debatable by some folks. I think it would even change the way that we approached and viewed those that are in opposition to the gospel. Mm. Because no doubt. Yeah. Somebody's in opposition to the gospel. I mean, what I've surrendered my life to and you know, they, they want to say that Christianity is a crutch for the weak minded or whatever the case is. Naturally, I want to puff up and I want to say, are you kidding me? You know, let me, let me tell you how messed up you are. You don't know anything, but yet he, he died for them. He'll set them free. And so versus my righteous indignation, how much more should it be? I'm, 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 I'm heartbroken over this, over the fact that that's, that's where they are. And God, God, you can, you can save them. God, God, save them. Um, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't say I have it all right. Clearly I am still a work in progress myself. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. You get a clear understanding of the gospel. It changes the way that you look at everything. And yes, free gift can't be earned. And the great thing that uh, the scripture makes very clear that I think we even drew out in the message is, since it is not something that I can earn, it is also something through my performance or lack of that I cannot forfeit. Mm. Yeah. So next, you... You talk about Jesus's act of redemption, his act of atonement, um, because there is this free gift of grace. Like Jesus redeemed us. He has atoned us. But um, in, in verse 25 in Romans, there's this weird word that uh, maybe people don't know. 
So I'm going to ask you to explain it, this, this word propitiation. So if we're talking to somebody outside the church or maybe somebody listening on this podcast that really doesn't understand that churchy word, what is meant by that word propitiation? Yeah, it's, it's multi-layered. Uh, we probably don't walk around every day saying uh, in a sentence, right. you know, right. using the word propitiation. Uh, basically, it's, it's twofold. Uh, it's, it's, it's sacrifice and atonement, mm-hmm. or maybe the way that you better way to describe it an atoning sacrifice. Uh, we might even say a substitute. We might even say one that has taken our place, one that has done for us what we ourselves could never do. He is a, he has atoned us from being what Paul spent the first two and a half chapters making the defense of. He atoned the fact that we are not good. He, he has atoned the fact that we uh, all fall short. Uh, that, you know, uh, the very things we want to do, we don't do, and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. He has atoned that. He has, he has made that right. Uh, we, we would even say he has gone right the opposite of that. So this atoning, substitutionary sacrifice Christ doing for me what I could never do for myself. Christ taking my place, paying my price. Not his place, not his price, but him doing that on my behalf. That's, that's, to me, that's the understanding and the meaning of the word propitiation. Well, yeah, and that, that, that idea of substitutionary atonement should cause us to... I mean, just listening to this and recapping this is having me take a moment and just be thankful for the God that sent his son Jesus for me. Like it should, I think it should cause us to have a moment of worship, have a moment of uh, thanksgiving towards the, the the God of grace and the God of mercy. Um, it's just a, I, again, it's just a beautiful thought that I, I don't think we fully grasp. I don't think we fully um, always, always understand. Um, but it's such a perfect thing. I'm well, and Ryan, Ryan, the biggest, the biggest problem with so many followers of Christ today, and and I fall in this camp. I think the biggest problem with our evangelism, the biggest problem with uh, the subject matter of our prayers, mm. the biggest problem with. Uh, uh, an attitude and a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving is we have forgotten what it was like to be lost. Yeah. Mm. And man, that, that is a very dangerous place to be, uh, to forget this. This is who we were before Christ. This is where we would be headed if it weren't for Christ. Uh, the, the very fact, uh, you know, a, a mentor of mine, uh, Johnny says this so many times, you've been, you've been snatched out of the fires yeah. of hell. What a very graphic picture it that is. is. Snatched from the very fires of hell. That, that, that's something that we keep ever before us. It will revolutionize the way that we approach God, the way that we approach others, the way that we even view ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you make these statements on, on about grace. It's something that you need 
It's something that we need. Like we need the grace. We don't deserve it, but we need it. And it's God saying, listen, I love you so much that although you're a sinner, I'm going to pay the price for your salvation. I, I just, man, if we, you know, I, as we're talking about this, like I have people in my mind that you know, I'm seeing their face kind of scroll through um, people that just need to hear the message of grace, people that need to hear the message of uh, the goodness of God. Um, so next, uh, we've talked about the redemption. We've talked about atonement. Um, then you kind of hit the part about Jesus's act of justification. So uh, again, that's one of those churchy words that I think could be uh, talked about, but what's the meaning or how do we explain justification? Yeah, this is to me, to me out of all these uh, jawbreakers of theological (laughs) words that are in this passage of scripture, right? To me, this is the easiest one to define because it, the whole definition's right there in the word, just as if I'd never sinned. Right. Uh, the very fact that God looks at us once we have received his grace through our faith in Jesus Christ, he looks at us just as the way he views his son as not being tainted, uh, not having, uh, well, not not being defined by our nature and even our choice, which is sin, but instead looking at us and seeing us as, um, well, as righteous, uh, being, being in right standing with him. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a great word as well. Right. The very fact that righteous is, we're not talking about being self-righteous or anything along those lines as much as we're talking about the uh, the righteous standing that we have in Jesus Christ. Again, not by works that we have done, but by what he has gifted and granted to us the moment that we trust Jesus as Savior and Lord. Uh, so justification, uh, it's hard for us to really look at ourselves through the lens of justification. And it's kind of like, well, you know, I... Uh, uh, I'll forgive myself, but I can never forget that. Well, well, yeah. I mean, unless you have a lobotomy, right? Hmm. You're you're always <laughs> gonna remember, right? Uh, I would I would even sit there and say, oh boy, that would be a that would be a slippery slope if you move forward and you don't remember that which you have been set free from. Uh, but to think that God sits there and God's like, yeah, hey, I've taken your sin. I've cast it as far as the east is from the west. I've hidden it behind my back. I've buried it in the deepest part of the sea. I remember it no more. What a powerful, powerful testimony to, again, his character and his nature. And so it's just as if I'd never sinned. When it's hard... It's it's hard for us to 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 wrap our head around the simplicity of the gospel. Like I, I know that people debate it. I know that people debate scripture all the time. But the simplicity of the gospel is, yeah, he's he's justified us. He's redeemed us. He's his way is perfect and. And, and, I, and I like this quote that you said. I don't know if it was you or you got it from somebody, but it says, when God's grace intersects my faith, that's when salvation occurs. It takes God's grace responded to by my faith. 
So can you speak on the, on, on that? Like in, c- combining the grace and the faith words that we use so often in Christian terminology, combining those two together, like, yeah. Um, you know, there, there, there are some folks out there that, that think that grace just, it just happens that God has some folks that he has placed upon his grace list some folks that he has not placed upon his grace list, on his damnation list. And those that are on the grace list, they're going to receive grace no matter what. I mean, it's just going, it's just going to happen. Uh, well, for me, there, there are all kinds of problems with that. Uh, the, the first one, <laughs> arguably the most well-known passage of Scripture out there, uh, John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? So, so grace is not just something that automatically happens. Uh, grace is something that God has made available that he says, I've already, I've already done all that needs to be done. Here, I offer this to you. It's like Ephesians says, it is, is the free gift of grace, the gift of grace, um, not the, uh, uh, you know, not the act or not the standing or status or predetermined will of God that you cannot, uh, choose to receive, but here's the gift that I offer to you. And it's when by faith we say, I believe that Jesus forgives. I believe that Jesus cleanses. I believe that your grace can make me righteous and can redeem me. All of a sudden, those come together, they activate, and that brings about what we know as salvation. Now, a lot of folks get they get hung up on it a little bit because they say, well, no, 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 hang on now, <laughs> hang on. So now you're saying you do have to do something. Right. Well, can I just say this? Faith is even a gift from God. Yeah. Faith is that gift. Um, but again, I still have to exercise by faith. Uh, a lot of times folks, you know, I know they say, oh, you're a, you're a free willer. You, 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 you believe in free will and you're robbing God of, of sovereignty. In which I would say, don't rob God of his sovereignty by saying he can't work through free will. Uh, so, Anyway, that that's kind of that's kind of where that comes about, you know. Whether I came up with that, be honest with you, I read so much and I hear so many guys preach. I'm sure there's probably not an original thought in this message that started with me. Uh, it's just uh, hearing the truth, right? Uh, biblically agreeing with it, and uh, and then saying, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there." So, uh, and, and the reason why I made the comment is because I want folks to understand that grace is not something that just automatically happens. You know, hey, he offers his forgiveness. It is available to all, but it's not just an automatic thing because there are folks that say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. One day, everybody, I believe everybody's going to be saved. Well, well, no, that's completely contrary to what Scripture says. Right. Um, no, it's, it's, it's those who by faith receive that grace that salvation occurs so that's that's kind of what the statement means and i know 
I know uh, all of our Calvinistic brothers are going to uh, uh, listen to this, and they'll they'll have a, a lot of fun, a lot of fun with it. Um, so some of the greatest minds all throughout history have debated some of these tenets uh, of faith, and yet they did not even understand. Uh, I'm just thankful that uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, conviction came in my heart, and uh, God re- revealed the truth of Scripture uh, so that by my own self-volition, I put it and received that gift of grace through faith in my own life. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, I want to I take the good news to everybody that I can. That's right. Well said. Um, so we kind of, we're, we're closing out the, the message and you kind of shift gears into this thought of humility and pride about us having to let go of our pride us having to uh, get off of our our high horse of pride as you say um so can you speak more to this humility example that you were talking about yeah the humility is romans three twenty three. it's uh uh, for for us old guys, uh, the producer and I, uh, not not talking about about you, Ryan. That's but, right. I'm young. Uh, I'm young. Yeah, yeah. Well, the producer and I can remember before there was such a thing as faith evangelism. Before there was such a thing as evangelism explosion, the three circles, uh, whatever it may be. There was the Roman road. And uh, the Roman road begins with Romans 3, 23. Uh, the ABCs of salvation admit, right? Admit that I am a sinner. Uh, can I tell you that they're the, one of the biggest stumbling blocks for so many people when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ is they're unwilling to admit that they need help. They're, they're on because again, it goes back to this whole comparison. Oh, you're right. telling me that I need help. Well, right. How dare I you? know, I know most of the people that go down to your church and man, I'm better than most of them. And I'm like, I don't doubt that for one moment, but, but we don't compare ourselves right. to each other. It's the standard of Christ. And, and so it's basically me coming to the point where I realize I'll never be able to meet that standard. That'll get me into heaven uh, I, I love when folks come and they say so you're saying there's only one way to heaven and yes, I'm like sir. no 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 there's two there are two ways to heaven the first one salvation uh, by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ number two live a perfect life there's two ways and so I got to come to the point where I realize and I admit I will never be able to do for myself what needs to be done. And so I fall, uh, I fail, I sin. And so God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your redemption and mercy and grace being poured out in my life. So yeah, it's that humility. I've got to admit that I need saving. Uh, it's like, I mean, let's, we live here in Panama city, Florida. And unfortunately there are times of the year that folks will descend upon us here. Now that's not unfortunate because that helps, helps our economy out tremendously. But what we know as being people who live on the panhandle of Florida is, 
hey, red flag, double red flag, stay out of the water. Uh, And you get folks that have spent thousands of dollars to come down for like seven days and they're like, what's been a red flag every time every day we've been here i don't care i'm going out in the water and then all of a sudden you're reading the paper or you read online or whatever a tragic drowning how 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 foolish would it be for somebody to get sucked out into the gulf clearly they're they're drowning uh and uh, a lifeguard goes in to try to rescue them and they're like no no, no i'm good i'm good no I, i'm gonna be able to make it but, but you, you can't even tread water. No, I'm still good. I'll, I'll be able, it'll be all right. I'll take care of myself. And we hear that and we're like, well, that's a foolish, foolish analogy to even make because nobody would ever do that. And I would say, how much more for someone to sit there and you're like, don't, don't you see you're drowning in yourself? You're drowning in your own sin. You're drowning in your failure. You're, you're drowning in a... Uh, in a heart that longs for peace, but has ever never known peace, not for any prolonged period of time, you you need saving. You need you need you need to be rescued. Admit that. I mean, he the Savior's there. He, he's like, hey, I'll tell you how this thing will end. Yeah. Just by faith, just by faith, surrender to me. So, uh, yeah, that's that that whole humility piece. Well, as always, Pastor Stephen, thank you for taking the time today to talk about uh, just the, the the glory of God, His grace, His redemption, His atonement, um, the fact that He has justified us and making us right. So thank you for your time. Thank you for always unapologetically preaching the truth of Scripture and always pointing to Jesus. So thank you for your time, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www.highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D, park, P-A-R-K, dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at highlandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D, P-A-R-K, dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us. Let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.